0: Hello, and welcome to a midweek episode of the Batteries Included podcast. I'm Dominic Yoni, and my co-host today is Tom Malogny, Senior Editor at Inside AVs and host of the YouTube channel State of Charge. On today's show, we're pleased to be joined by Peter Dow. He is the VP of Engineering at Re Automotive. That's R-E-E Automotive. Uh, so just before we get going, I'd like to ask that you please subscribe to the show, uh, tap that bell icon for notifications if you're watching us on YouTube so you don't miss any episodes. All right, so with that out of the way, good morning, welcome everybody. So I guess- Good morning. Uh, good morning. So I guess, Pete, uh, let's just start, I guess by telling our audience, uh, what is RE Automotive and uh, what is like the focus of the company?
1: Okay, well, hi everybody. So yeah, Peter Dow here. Um, so Re Reautomotive is, um, we're a technology firm uh, based, I'm based here in the UK. We're, we're, we're kind of uh, hosted from uh, Israel and we've got uh, facilities also in the US. We're looking to provide kind of mobility solutions within the EV space for commercial vehicles. And that's really based around our technology, which is a, a re-corner, what we call our P7 re-corner, which is a completely by-wire system uh, where all of the drives, the brakes, and the steering systems are contained within the corner. And that then allows us to build platforms um, that are very flexible for, for our customers to build different commercial vehicles from class three up to class five at the moment of so the, the applications we were looking at. So we're essentially an EV company providing solutions um, within the commercial sector. Oh, and there's a, <laughs> there's a corner behind me.
0: Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're watching this on, on, on a video or on YouTube, uh, we just pulled up some, some video of, of Peter actually explaining the, the rear corner system a little bit. But just keep on, just keep on going.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and so this corner, is, uh, as um, I explained, is, is a unit that's been designed so that it's got all of the by wire systems contained. Each corner is identical, so the corner can be fit on the front right or the rear left, and everything uh, comes off of our production line as one unit. So for, our, um, for our customers, that is one part number. It's not, a, it's not a number of part numbers. It is one item that is serviced as one item and, and contained as one item. It gives you loads of flexibility in your platform. It allows you to essentially look at different wheel bases different uh, track on the vehicle, look at how you can position your, your upper body, your, your, your body structures uh, to be as flexible as possible. Um, we, we've looked at Kind of volumetric efficiency it gives you it gives people up to kind of 20 30 percent more volume for the same wheelbase because you can position them where you want and it, it's a delight for the designers they can look at lots of different options so that you can make more bespoke applications for customers yeah you've got a nice low floor you've got a flat floor that comes with this as part of the whole architecture and you can put different body styles on you can look at how that can be bespoke really for different applications.
0: Your main platform, I believe, is called P7? That's, That's right. correct, yes. And so, so that can be any length, basically, or? Yeah, within, With, you know. within reason.
1: So the way the way, that the, the way that the platform is put together is that you have essentially four corners, as, as most vehicles tend to have. and Like I said, four identical corners. And then between the corners, you have all of your high voltage systems. So you can look at that wheelbase to meet your application. So some customers will look at a longer, wheelbase for different ones others will look at a shorter one some may when you look at the the use case of the vehicle may look at actually having a smaller number of battery packs in that uh, high voltage section so that you can actually shorten the wheelbase and have a more compact um, maybe lower range vehicle or you can put it more battery packs within the center bits and then the front of the vehicle zone one as we call it has the cooling system and zone five is just
2: the rear overhang so it gives you Lots of flexibility. First of all, uh, what I'd like to start off by saying is I'm a big, I'm very interested in commercial end of electrification. You know, these Mm. light duty, particularly light duty trucks, the last mile delivery. And it's always surprised me that 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 wasn't the first type of vehicle to really make penetration even before a consumer, you know, personal vehicles because it makes so much sense. So many of these businesses and I have friends here that own small businesses. They have set routes, they know exactly how far the vehicle is going. You don't have to worry about um, you know, buying a vehicle with a 400-mile range for the one day every 3 months that you drive more than 60 miles. So, so yeah. the, these these trucks have repeatable, you know, routes, and so, so I'm I'm I've, I've been very interested in this. Um, one of the things that caught my my, my eyes, that as you mentioned, you know, it's just one drive unit for all four um, corners, and or two corners or four corners, and that um, one of the things I noticed on your website is that you said the, the whole unit could be replaced in, in an hour. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple, there's a couple of points there, and I think you picked up on one of my favorite um,
1: my favorite points is the commercial truck world. Um, is is right for EV application in my mind the duty cycle that you talk about you know you're going to leave your depot you're going to do a route you're going to come back you can charge at the depot you're designing what i call you're designing for the 99 percent use case you're designing for exactly what that truck is going to do every day when we look at passenger cars they're designing for the 1 use case they're designing for that 400 mile journey which very very occasionally do you do so I love your i love your kind of a uh, point there because that's exactly where, where i sit um when we talk about the corner swap and we talk about the corner itself we've we've designed this unit and and the examples you've seen there are some of the earlier ones we've actually done some optimization um, you can look on our website you can see some more optimization on it but the corner itself can be swapped so essentially it has a, a self-connecting um unit for the high voltage and the low voltage so as you essentially deck the corner it, it decks as we call laterally so everything goes in on on the y it decks the electrical both low voltage and high voltage are automatically connected there's some hand connections at the moment for the for the coolant and then you're just you just talk up the bolts and that corner unit is changed we've done yeah, we've done some of that uh, corner swap here when we talk about one hour mechanically you do it in about 20 minutes 25 minutes. You can switch, change a corner. Um, when you look at the actual, um, the electrical bring up and the kind of software configurations, because you've got to tell each unit the ECUs in it, which corner it's in, etc. That takes a bit longer. So that one hour, we've proven we can do it in much quicker than that. But yes, it's a serviceable unit.
2: And and uh, to follow up on that uh, service-wise, because I'm, you know, uh, I, I know service is such a big. Uh, Issue with commercial vehicles. These these vehicles have to be on the road. Downtime kills you. Uh, yeah. With 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 commercial vehicles, um, uh, let's say you have a two-wheel drive or even a four-wheel drive. One of the motor units fails for whatever reason. Things break. Um, does that disable the vehicle, or can the vehicle just run on the other motors? Yeah. So we we've got um we've got a whole something we
1: can talk about. We've got a whole range of fault injection. Uh use cases we've been running on these vehicles because when do you think this is a by wire vehicle yeah this is this is the first by wire everything vehicle mm-hmm. yeah right. so we're drive, we're brakes we're steering and therefore you've got to have levels of redundancy both mechanically and electrically within that so when i say mechanically i don't mean there's actually any mechanical connections between the driver but you've got for example on the steering system each each steering actuator has two physical motors where it has one you know, within the actuator so that if one power source fails on the motor you still got a second power source for the second motor so all of all of that um there so when we run our kind of uh, fault injection we look at what happens if you lose one motor what happens if you lose two same with the brakes yeah so we know that if we lose say one of the one of the brakes you still got regenerative braking you can use on that corner for that for that corner you've still got three systems that are actually operating with all their ABS system on the others. So from a safety case point of view, we've got a very complex matrix that shows how all of these by wire systems can fail and fail operational is the term we use. So you're gonna get back. You're gonna get back to depot. You might have some limitations on speed, but you'll get back to depot and you can do your corner well.
0: swap. Uh, so for, for commercial vehicles like cost is a huge issue so I'm, I'm wondering how you can configure this so you have four corners you can configure this with just two corners and it, would you do that on the front or the back
1: well uh, in many ways it, it, it's up to the application and what you want to do and it also right. depends on on the performance requirements so each each of those each of those p7 corners you've seen have a, have a hundred kilowatt motor peak um, okay. so you, so a peak you've got up to 400 kilowatts Um, We've got you. So you can look at the application. You can look at your load case. We've looked at a number of of, of use cases which are kind of um, autonomous shuttles, for example, which which lend themselves to a two wheel drive system. So they actually have done low speed applications. They don't need the full power source. But then when you put it on the front or the rear, um, it it really is up to the the application. You can you can just order the corners without um, without the EDU. Kind of uh, built into it and go with it. When we looked at shuttles, it didn't really matter because they were bi directional anyway. So sometimes they were front wheel drive and sometimes they were rear wheel drive, depending on which way the shuttle went. So, um, as I said right at the start, the designers love it because there's lots of different options you can do with it.
0: Right on. I'm looking for, for a little video of this shuttle if you have. Do you know yeah. if you have any? Um, I think, yeah, they probably do have some around. They can go. Uh, okay. I, yeah. I- yeah. So, I can I take a look. But yeah. uh, you, know, you also sell, like, you also have, like, l- a lot larger vehicles in it, So I guess that's why you need, was it 400 watts four hundred kilowatts is yeah. like 530 horsepower? Yeah, I know, yeah. Horsepower. yeah.
1: So that's correct. Because we go, we go up to the Class 5 application. So, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm British. I'm going to go up to tons. That's 8.8 tons. I need to remember sure. what that is in pounds. But, um, you know, so we look at that application. We're looking at a fully loaded Class 5 vehicle. So, you know, you need the ability to... Um, not just not just move that vehicle, but also meet the gradability requirements of a lot of our customers are taking that up, up hills, et cetera. So we have that power in 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 the corner. When you go to the smaller applications, you can, like you said, you can look at deselecting the EDU, or you can look at um, just limited on software as to what you can do. Right.
0: On. Um, so. And you also have uh, because you have you can you have steering on each corner. You can also. Yeah. Uh, Steer each corner, and I was just trying to show yeah. viewers what you have there because that's pretty cool. Um, how many, how many degrees of articulation can you get on that rear axle?
1: So you've got basically, and uh, one um, you can see here, we've got um, we've got thirty degrees front and rear, with them being uh, with them being identical. So we've seen in a lot of kind of low speed applications, we've um, the manoeuvrability of, of of the truck, and this is this is one of the bigger applications. Um, allows you around town to, to get into a lot of uh, environments that have been restrictive previously. Right. Um, obviously, when you go above a certain speed, we turn the rear steer off so you get more stability. Right. Um, but uh, in the low-speed application, the rear steer really gives you that maneuverability.
0: It's pretty awesome. Watch this huge. I mean, is, I don't know. Do you know the length of this truck? That's a very long <laughs> version yeah. of this kind of panel van.
1: Yeah, so we're kind of over five and a half meters. Again, sorry, I'm European.
0: It's okay, but over uh, five and a half meters. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's. I used I used to drive some trucks, so I used to drive like a 28 foot box truck at some point. So that's about that size. But I mean, you have your platform is uh you've designed this so everything is like a low step, so it's like a just one small step up into the cab, and then you have a low low load floor in the back with this. So yeah, uh, uh, that's uh, a huge uh, improvement
1: yeah so if you think of if you think of the the re and here shows another example but if you think of the reapplication is in three stages there's the what we first call is their corners and controls so we we can provide a corner unit as i mentioned um and that comes with all the control systems with it and i need to touch on that briefly so each 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 corner has its own control unit ecu which looks up which looks after the steering the braking within the corner then you have a central kind of ecu a recenter as we call it which is essentially the brains of the system and that controls all four corners and when we talked about failures previously that's the one that does the arbitration between the corners and manages the corners and then you get and then you get a a steering wheel and a pedal to go with it that that, because you need to have the the feedback etc so that's your base level and then we go to the platform where we we design chassis um High voltage coolant systems and uh, and the battery packs that we provide with that, which gives you that flat floor and and that then allows people and that flat floor we've seen. Use cases for for customers in terms of the delivery trucks walk in vans. Actually having less steps to get into your truck kind of is, is less stressful for the operator it's, it's less time for the operator it's much more convenient. And It just allows a lot more flexibility with the vehicle again as to what they can do with it. So, but it's um, it's the corners that give you the flat floor and give you the platform,
2: right? Let me ask you a quick question about pricing. Um, with, uh, you might not have complete detailed pricing, but I know you must have some sort of an idea. If we're looking at, like, say, the P7B box truck, yeah, what would Roughly be, and I know you probably have different battery pack sizes, but you've got to have a target on about the price comparison to a comparable, say, diesel truck of that size, and and the ROI. As far as when do you think the customer breaks even? Do they? Do they? I'm sure it's going to cost more. So, uh, yep. what what is it? Three years? Is it two years? Is it you know, yeah, hundred thousand well, miles of driving? Um, if you can give us ballpark, just so the the, the listeners yeah. can kind of get an idea. Of, of, of financing?
1: Yeah, first of all, I, I'm VP of Engineering, so the, the commercial team will shoot me for saying anything wrong, but um, uh, we're, looking at, we're looking at pricing to make sure that we're competitive with, with, in that market, as you mentioned. We're looking at some of the incentives that come with you to essentially give you parity at the moment in, in, with, with, with some of the, and again, being from Europe, I'm not quite so familiar with all your incentives you have in the US, but uh, with some of the easy incentives that are out there, Um, we're looking at having a cost parity at the moment with a conventional uh, diesel truck Um, and we are in the process now of doing a lot of optimization on our cost base because uh, you'll have seen our press releases we're doing a very slow start in what we're doing so the first trucks we're we're building um, we're building very much as a pilot demonstrator fleet for our dealer so we've we've started to build a, a dealer network um, across the US, and, and again, you can see more details on our website for that. Um, that dealer network will be having from the end of this year uh, the first trucks, and those first trucks will be used very much as demonstration units. Whilst we're doing that, we're then building up the volume to actually get the the cost of our product down, because the the the, the, the kind of the constraints you've got at the moment is is getting product to market and getting the product into customers' hands whilst we then optimize the cost on that so it's, it's a good question um i i, I can't give numbers because that's not i'd get like i say i also would be shocked for that but um but but our, my target as the engineering side of things is to is to get the cost as close to parity with the incentives that are out there and then continue to optimize with the volume and and uh the kind of uh, the work without our kind of supply base as we get there
0: uh, so the, the company is uh, I guess originated in in Israel and it's yeah. been around I think it's been around for like 10 years um, so but most of the work it sounds like is happening in England.
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. So yeah so we RIA, as a, a company has been around for the 10 years you mentioned it's been um, I personally have been now with Re for for two and a half years, and uh, in that time is when we've been building um, the engineering capability here in the uk. The way that, we, that we're split is we've, we've got um, our kind of R&D center and our head office in, in, in Israel, and we've got our engineering center here in the UK, and we've got representatives, like I said, for a lot of our um, operations after sales, etc. cetera, in, in the US. Over the last two, two and a half years, we've been building up the engineering team in the UK here to take a lot of the original concepts, a lot of the uh, ideas, and technology that's been developed in Israel through to production and and the the remit of, of the team here in the UK is, is, to, is to take those ideas to a production um, environment so we've worked with supply bases we've optimized designs so that that is a manufacturable uh, system it's a reliable system it's got uh, and yeah here we go here's our robotic system and, and we look at the assembly. So we've got so we've got probably about 150 engineers here and, and uh, staff here in the UK out of a, uh, of a company of about about 280 to 300 employees. So we're kind of over 50%. We have a lot of our technology, but development is still done in Israel. I mean, all of our software development is is led. We still have we do have some software in the UK here, um, but we have software development. We have a lot of our high voltage electrical systems coming from from Israel. Um, but it's very much a joint effort. So,
0: so you, you make the basic platform here in uh, the there in the UK.
1: So this is, yeah. So what you can see here is, is some of the early um, assemblies on um, our corner uh, okay. in what we call in what we call our integration center. So let's, let's let's talk about that. So in the UK we have an integration center that will assemble the corners, the P7 corners. Right. And uh, that that is. A semi-robot, well, it's a robotic line. I think we have 12 stations to do a corner assembly, five of which are robotic, seven of which are manual, Um, and we can produce 40,000 corners a year from that uh, assembly center here in the UK. So the first, um, the first customers, our first base, everything will be supplied corner-wise from the UK. But that that integration center is a very low investment, capex light. facility. So everything we're doing there, we are putting essentially the corner has 34 sub assemblies that get assembled together. Um, that you can see in front of you. So, so that actually can be copied and pasted into a different geographical location, a global location very quickly. Right. As we, as we grow and as we find different customer bases, we can, we, we can replicate this, uh, assembly line wherever we want, wherever it is most appropriate for our customers.
0: Right, it makes sense in some respects to manufacture where the sales are. So I believe you, you the uh, North America is one of your big target markets. Yes. So are you looking at doing uh, manufacturing here as well then?
1: Um, so we are at the moment. Like I said, we're, we're focusing on the corner assembly here in the UK. The reason right. we've done that is that's where the um, that's where our kind of. Uh, uk engineers are so as we do the kind of launch of our product which is what we're currently doing that they can be there with you know any issues that come along any kind of slight tweaks that need to be done they're on top of it we're then looking with um our, our supply chain team to look at what our uh, kind of chassis assembly and our cab assembly for our p7 product will go through contract manufacturers in the us so we will then ship corners to them and do the assembly of that unit in the us
0: okay um have you received like federal motor vehicle safety standards uh, certification yet
1: so we're, we're well on the way so um uh, there's been just been some recent uh, press release on that we've just run a series of tests on our platform as I, as I said at the start we um we're completely by wire system so there's a number of regs we we need to meet that or, or that need to be applied to our vehicle. Um, so we're looking at both braking and steering and, and propulsion. We've done a load of pre-certification testing. So we've run, uh, we've run through all of the FMVSS requirements for braking. Um, we've run those on our, on our engineering fleet. Um, we've used an independent, um, kind of, uh, supplier to do that. So we've worked with MIRA, which is a test institute here in the UK. So they actually ran those pre-cert tests for us alongside us. Um, and we've shown that we can we can we can go through we can pass the test We've not officially done it yet because we're going to do that on our kind of a full um, Early prototypes that we're bringing was currently building but um But we've done that so we've done it both for braking and steering to show we are ready for the certification process Which will start in about four or five weeks time
0: Okay um, so Looking at the, at the the platform, you have a lot of the components inside the wheels, but what about for the the vehicle itself like the like air conditioning controls for like for the cabin or you know just environmentals for the cabin things like that uh, yeah. are they also inside the platform or just like ahead of the where the battery might be yeah
1: so let, let's let's just let's explain that so. As I said before, with the kind of chassis or the platform is, is broken down into zones. And zone one, which you can see on the truck as it's driving around on, on the screen at the moment, um, contains all of the uh, the coolant system. So, which is the coolant system for the batteries and all the power electronics. Uh-huh. Um, we have, from that, essentially an umbilical that connects to the cab, because we're trying to give um, our customers as much flexibility as they as they want with the, with the top hat. So there's an umbilical that gives you both kind of power and coolant connections to to the cab. Within the cab itself, then that has its own dedicated kind of AC system and, and controls. But it's it's so you can drive our platforms independent of whether you put a, a cab on them. So we can uh, we what we do is we we strap a, a very simple kind of box on it, essentially, and you can you can you can drive it with a steering wheel and, and pedals. So actually, you can drive it independent of the cab, and then people can put uh, their own. Climate systems tap into our coolant system and take take our uh, thermal system uh, outputs as well. It, it, it's flexible.
0: So I was I was curious about the thermal management. So for the corners, so does each corner get its own like a uh, uh, what do you call yeah. um, a cooling system like yeah. pump and reservoir, cooling reservoir? So no. So so essentially, each corner has two
1: components that, that require cooling. Within it, so there's the EDU right. and there's actually the ECU or the control uh, electronics in the corner. Okay. So, um, so each those take a, a glycol coolant flow from from the central system. So the central platform has its own thermal system, which which circulates through through pumps within okay. the platform itself. Uh, a, a glycol mix. That glycol mix is obviously cools the, the the power electronics in, in the ECU. And it actually goes through a, a heat exchanger on the EDU and the EDU itself is an oil cooled unit. Because the EDU is a three in one unit from American Axle, And that has both the motor, the inverter and the gearbox, all as one one unit. And that's a, an oil cooled for all, all three of those. So there's an oil glycol interface on the EDU and glycol cooling of the power electronics.
2: Uh, interesting. So let me, let me jump in. Um, you know, when we talk about EVs, range and charging times are are something that everybody wants to talk about. Now, I'm not going to really focus too much on change range because I'm I'm, I'm sure you're going to have various ranges. And with, as we mentioned earlier, with commercial vehicles, range isn't quite as important unless you're doing you know cross country trucking and 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 yeah. long haul trucking, which you're not focusing on here. But we'll talk a little bit about charging. Um, you know, what type of power will will your system accept? And also, um, this is something that's really important for commercial uh, operators is 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 the company going to assist your customers at all in um, setting their depot up with charging? This might not be in your wheelhouse, but I'm sure you've you've had some yeah. kind of conversations about it because a lot of people that I know that uh, run commercial operations here. I'm in New Jersey, close to New York, mm-hmm. um, that are interested in in maybe getting uh, you know starting to transition their fleet to to electric vehicles. They're bit, one of the biggest things to say. But I don't know anything about this charging stuff. Like, what do I, Like, how do I deal with it? And you know, you take for instance Ford with with their commercial line, their Pro line that have vans and stuff. They have like a turnkey system where they basically hold the customer's hand the whole way, provide them yeah. with charging equipment, installation, software management. Do you have? I'm I'm sure you don't have something as fully formed and complex as what Ford Pro's offering. But do do are you going to help your customers? deal with this because yeah they need help they can't yeah it's not just getting petrol at the station yeah. anymore no no you're right and, and I think
1: as we said at the start it's, it's the, the use case is perfect because you're going back to your depot and you're recharging but you need that depot to have the capability obviously to recharge and when we've we've spoken to customers and through the, also through the dealer network we, we understand this is a nervousness for, for a number of people about how you're going to charge so we've we've got we've got partners that we're working with on, on the kind of charging infrastructure um, that, that, can, that can sit with this. We're we're happy to help and advise with that and work with them and, and show the side sort of solutions you can get. Because the other thing as well is, is choosing the type of charging you want. So obviously you can do your AC standard um, charging and you know one of our units to a standard kind of CTS one. Um, AC charge is going to take you kind of eight, nine hours overnight charge will, will charge your battery. Or you can look at the, the fast DC and actually we, when we talk to customers, a lot of people are saying, well, actually, that's not something I'm going to use every day, but I might want the capability that if one, one of the operators forgets to charge the vehicle overnight or it has an issue, we, 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 can, we can do a quick boost on it and we can get the vehicle back out on the right. road. So we've got those solutions both the ac and the dc that we can talk to uh, to potential customers about talk with our partners that, that can provide the solutions to them because it is it is um it is a worry bead for people as to how are you going to how are we going to deal with this uh, this kind of uh, different way of using a vehicle and uh, maybe the other point to pick on there is not just the charging but it's also the service of, of the vehicle because you know a lot of um people are set up to deal with diesel trucks. They know how to do it. They've been doing it for decades. They know how to deal with them. And then you're bringing into, into, into the workshop high voltage, which first of the thing is, you know, is quite scary. And then you've got different components. You've got somebody that's got to probably deal with a lot more of the kind of um, the software side of things and understands what, what's coming out of the vehicle. So we've got, together with the dealers that we've been uh, working with, we're, we're putting together kind of a service Team that can actually work with them. Look at training, look at high voltage systems. Um, The way that our corner disconnects, as I talked earlier, um, means that you don't have to worry about any of the high voltage on that. Because when you basically disconnect the corner, you've disconnected all of the high voltage from that corner. It's then then a non-live unit when it goes away. So um, we've tried to address some of the fears and concerns of people transitioning to an EV uh, kind of fleet because there's a lot to learn this is this is um it's the start of something new and um we're happy to support with that
0: right on um so looking at the company oh, what was the yeah what was the the range on these trucks now i don't think we talked about that but i want to talk a little bit about the battery and and the range
1: yeah, so I mean, we're looking at um, about a two hundred mile, two hundred twenty mile range. It depends on applications. It depends on on the battery pack configurations. But uh, with with the first trucks that are going out there, right? Um, and again, going back to what what, what Tom said, it, a lot of the time we're looking at things that the use case um, is more important. There's a couple of things here. Payload is obviously a thing that then. Addresses your your range, you know, you're you're always trying to With an ev you're trying to look at how many batteries you put in compared to what you do to your payload and everything goes with that And we we try to address that with our trucks by making sure we've got a a competitive payload But actually volume is more important to most of the customers we talk to now as opposed to payload and range isn't a worry bees as much as the kind of usability and the ability as, as, as Tom mentioned to be able to charge and keep that vehicle on the road and, and keep keep an application so um they're they're good we've, we've gone for a benchmark we've gone for a solid range we've gone for a solid payload but actually getting trucks on the road getting trucks operated we talked about this pilot fleet that we that we're putting out at the end of this year um that's giving people the opportunities to, to use the trucks and see how the application right. of them is going to fit their requirements that's right because everybody goes back to visiting the family in in your in your ev car once a year yeah right every everybody wants the biggest the biggest range right but they don't but they don't use it for 364 days of the year
0: Right. So, 200 miles sounds like a pretty good number for me for for commercial vehicles because even with uh, impacts from weather, environmental, you know, different things or, or load, yeah. I, I think that's you know more than enough for this style of, of vehicle because you're not going between cities so much as inside of metropolitan yeah. areas.
1: Yeah, like you said, it it's very much an in the city area. It's very much a kind of um a, a delivery network where you know up up to 100 miles is probably the longest kind of requirement you've got within a within a kind of a a delivery kind of route um so we've got we said we've looked at between 150 and 200 miles as the kind of target for what we're looking at in terms of providing customers and you like i said you can always get more range by putting more batteries in but then you compromise on payload it's always that that curve you've got to go with
0: uh it's true. Oh, okay, it was. I mean, it's, that impacts the the weight, but it doesn't really impact the volume, right?
1: No, that's right. Exactly, the volume stays the same.
0: Right. Um, so, speaking of batteries, I believe you are partnered with MicroVast, uh, a Texas company, for
2: that's your batteries. Correct.
1: That's correct. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, go When I talk about flexibility, so in 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 the trucks we've got in the like I said between the wheelbase, you you can actually take the the MicroVast pack. Um, the modules we are using are potentially 40 kilowatt hours. So you can have, at the moment, the, the B7, P7B that we've got out there has got three of those packs, which will give you 120 kilowatt um, hours. Okay. Or you could have two of those, or you could have four of those. So you can you can have the flexibility within using those 40 kilowatt hour packs.
0: So when you in, when you bring them into the truck, you bring like a complete completely. Uh manufactured pack and place it and then just place, you know, more than one, if you need more than one or two or three or whatever, you don't yep. like make one huge pack out of those sub assemblies. No,
1: no. So, so it, the, the way that we've, the way that we've architected it is that, that essentially that's an off the shelf battery component fully tested. Okay. Yeah. So it comes into us. Um, our HV system has been architected so it can take three, four, two packs in terms of the installation and it then means it's almost a, 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 an assembly process with, with that.
0: All right. Um, so just to get an idea of where you're headed now. Um, so you got the, the vehicles pretty much developed now. The platform's developed. Uh, you have a yep. distribution in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I guess that's your main target market. Uh, yep. And some manufacturing. And you, I believe you have some. Ve- so you're going to try to get vehicles in the U.S. this year for demonstration fleet?
1: yes exactly that so um i've been i've been running vehicles for the last 18 months here in the uk over uh, um a range of different kind of uh, test cycles i mean i think you probably see on some of the videos this type of surfaces and the different kind of uh, applications we've been doing with the trucks we're just in the process of of finishing our build of our certification fleet so as i said um previously we're starting that certification process in the next kind of three to four weeks um and that they will be done to to sign off the vehicle then we follow that on at the kind of kind of last quarter of this year with the assembly of our customer products so we've got those trucks coming off um the end of this year they will go into um into the dealerships at the end of this year start of january next year and we'll be running them as as demonstrators to show to show the capability so
0: Okay. So say by so early in the next year will will um potential customers or possibly media be able to drive some
1: vehicles? Yes, 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 Ooh. very much so. That uh, yeah,
0: yeah. excited that's so it's all coming in together now finally after this whole you know I'll, I'll period I'll be... of putting everything, you know, get
1: well I think I think um I think it's been really quick, actually. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> so, no, yeah, 10 years yeah. is pretty good for a start from zero company to develop technology well, to, you know. The...
1: But, but I think, um, yeah, but I think the, the, the 10 years is actually where a lot of the technology was developed. We've only spent probably about two and a half to three years in actually putting together the the, the commercial truck application. Right. Um, and maybe just to touch on one of the points is we, we, we're going to encourage people to go out there and see our trucks. One of the things we're really proud of um is is the is the way that the product kind of handles and drives right and uh it 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 drives like an suv and we because you're by wire because you can basically you can tune the way the steering works with the with the with the corners um because you've got this rear steer that we that we showed earlier you can make that vehicle feel very stable very maneuverable and actually we think it opens up the operation of trucks to a lot more kind of uh lot more people yeah it's yeah. easy to drive. You can you can drive it. You don't fight it is one of my terms. You know, it, it's, it's easy. Right. It's actually, it's great fun. It's great fun to drive.
0: I've, I've driven the GMC Hammer EV with rear steering and it's, it's a just transforms the size of the thing because that thing is huge. It fills up a lane and probably very similar actually in, in width to these things. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just transformative what you can do with it. But uh, we should probably uh, close up pre- pretty soon. Uh, where can uh, people learn more about re
1: I think um, you should, you know, check out our social media feeds. Um, we, we've, we've got a team that are putting a lot of information on that quite regularly. Um, check out our website, uh, www.v.auto um, So, yeah, the, I know that our marketing team are really keen to to get the message out there. So there's lots of uh, there's lots of news coming forward.
0: And there's lots of uh, you have a lot of videos on, on YouTube, too, if you want to people want to like, um, zoom in on the different products and all the different, you know, there's I just I, I uh, played a few videos during this interview, uh, yeah. but there's a lot more out there if people want to check that out. Yeah. All right, so I guess that brings us to the end of our show. If you have any questions or comments, uh, please leave us a comment below or get in touch with us on Twitter where we are at Batteries Inc. Pod or on Threads where, where we are Batteries Included Podcast. Um, you can follow Tom Malogny here on Twitter and Threads on uh, Twitter. He's Tom Malog. that's with two Ms. On, and he's Tom Malogny on Threads. I'm Dominic Yoni on Threads and in real life. Um, yeah, so don't forget, if you like the show, Uh, please give us a thumbs up, click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications. And thank you all very much for joining us. We'll see you again. Ciao. Goodbye.